hello and welcome to Doc to Me. My name is Heather. And I'm Kathleen. And this week we are discussing Netflix's Wild Wild Country. I was shocked when you said you had never heard of this one. I cannot believe that I have not seen it or heard anything about this it's until got now. Everything. There's occult, small town politics, bioterror, salad bars, everything you could want in a documentary. It and the name is misleading. Well, I mean, there's a lot of fucking wild shit, but <laughs> And it's in the country. And, yeah. It's just it you know, you think it's like some like cowboys or yeah. something. No. It is wild. <laughs> wild. And it's another Duplass Brothers production. Our last one was Evil Genius. They make some good shit. <laughs> This was released on Netflix on March 16, 2018, after premiering at the Sundance Film Festival and was directed by Macklin and Chapman Way. So let's get into some crazy shit. First off, there's a lot of people, and it's even more fun because everyone in this cult has different names. Yes! That is, like, super confusing. Mm-hmm. Like, they change their names? Yes, no typical cult stuff. Yeah, but like, you know, at least that one chick was like, I'm just sunny. Yeah. You know, that's easy enough to remember. So, yeah, I hope this makes sense, because I try to keep it, especially the cult leader. He has many names. So many. <laughs> so let's hope it all makes sense. Um, we first start off with my favorite guy. He showed up for this interview in overalls like a grandpa <laughs> just a grandpa out working in his in his yard maybe riding his little riding lawnmower yeah he just looks like he just got done working and yeah I'll, I'll do this interview with you guys I think he'll be my next husband he's I, a little older but <laughs> I need to snag me some of those coveralls yes because they're the next fashion hit I'm <laughs> So we start off 1981 in Antelope, Oregon. They keep saying this is just a quiet little spot in the middle of nowhere, and that is no joke. It is literally a ghost town. The population before all this goes down is around 40 to 50 people. Yeah, like, I don't even understand how they had half the shit that they had. (laughs) So I just want to go over the most recent census for this town because it made me laugh because of how small the population is. So the census for 2010, there were 46 people, which included 28 households and 10 families residing in the city. The population density was 96 inhabitants per square mile. (laughs) There are 43 houses. Yeah, I feel (laughs) like at a certain point, they shouldn't even be allowed to be a town. The racial makeup was kind of surprising. It's only not 99% white? No, it's 91.3, which is 42 people. There's one Native Native American, one Asian. No. In Oregon. And two people are either two or more races. But I love how specific. I feel like this place is actually even too small for small town murder. I don't know what crime could go there. <laughs> like, honestly. Yeah, I mean. So there's 28 households, of which three of the households, like, I don't even worry about percentages because it's just <laughs> it's 
so specific. Three households had children under the age of 18 with them. How? Three households. Like, I, I just don't, I, literally, like, it is listed as a ghost town. Like, there are, <laughs> like, how the fuck did this place have a school? <laughs> Six households are married couples living together. One household just had one female householder with no husband. So, like, one single woman we know for sure. She's probably a widower. Three households had a... a I don't know. Three households had a male householder with no wife present. So, she's got three guys to choose from. And 18 households were non-families. I don't know what that means. 13 households had someone living alone who was 65 years of age or older. It's 46%. Old people. It's old people. The average household size is 1.64, and the average family size is 2.7. The median age in the city is 62 years old. It's a fucking old town <laughs> full of old people. Seven people are under the age of 18. <laughs> oh, boy. There is one person between the age of 18 and 24. Wow. <laughs> How do you date? You don't. <laughs> Five people. Unless you're dating your cousin. Or you date someone in the five people that are 25 to 44. (laughs) You can't age, you can't date within your age bracket. 14 people are 45 to 64 and 19 people 65 years or older. The gender makeup, 24 males and 22 females. It just made me laugh reading through those. Because it's like the one Asian, like, you know you can pick out. Like, oh, that's the only Asian in this town. I bet you every single one of those people is like, I had an Asian friend. (laughs) Every one of them. I'm not racist because I have an Asian friend. (laughs) So, back to this. This place has a post office. Yeah, I see. Like, I don't understand how they had that shit. And it's an actual building. Like, well, a trailer. But it's an actual building, which... I feel like someone could have just ran this out of the back room of their house or their kitchen table. Seriously. Like, how much fucking mail are they filtering through? they got like 40 people living there. They have a schoolhouse when the highest population ever was 249 people in the 1900s. Like early 1900s. That, that is what blows my mind. It's like, who was attending this school? But they need a two-story school. And of course, the store and cafe are the same place. It's so small. It is the smallest town I have ever seen. My cousins live in a town of like 1,500 people, and I can't imagine something smaller than that. No, like, I just, everyone knows your business. Yeah. Like, there is no privacy. No. If you're not recognized in this town, your license plate number is getting written down. Well, we can... If, that, if someone that. waves to you, you better wave back or you're getting in trouble for, like, disorderly conduct. Like, it is that kind of town. But I will say for being, like, such a small town in the middle of nowhere, the roads are very smooth. Did you notice that? <laughs> yeah. They, they did like, not. they well, took care of them. It's, you know, they probably don't get much traffic. Like, they don't have to worry about, you know, big rigs coming through and, like, you know, causing potholes and, like, wear and tear just, on the roads. Like, because they don't take care of the buildings. The buildings look like shit, so all that money must just go towards the roads. You could hear your neighbors fucking. There's, like, so few people in that town. I don't know. It looked like they had some room. A tiny article appears in the paper with the title, 
group buys large ranch in Oregon, which is kind of odd. And large, large ranch isn't a joke. It is fucking massive. It's 63,000 acres and it covers two counties. It's insane. So these people move onto the land and immediately close road access to the public. And they bring in building material and trailer homes, which is startling to these townspeople. They All show three of them. <laughs> they show aerial shots of the land, and there were several small planes there. Yeah, <laughs> they like legit like they just like moved in. Yeah, again, the median age of this town is like sixty-two years old, so this has to be frightening for them. To have this kind of takeover. They've never been on a plane, let alone <laughs> seen one. These this is a retirement community. Like These people come here to die. And it's being overtaken. And everything that happens in this town is less than five years. It's insane. Yeah, it, it moved very quickly. <laughs> but... These people did not have long to live, so they had to move quickly. <laughs> so yeah, this story is absolutely bonkers, but this is how we are introduced to this documentary. We then go to Bombay, India, 1968. Ma Anand Sheila, who we just call her Sheila throughout the rest of it. She's 16 years old when she first meets Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh, or Osho, as he's also later known. She becomes the administrator managing his group's millions of dollars. The way Sheila talks about this guy, he must be a total charismatic babe, right? Yeah, he's like the the Jim Jones of Indians <laughs> guru. Absolutely not. <laughs> he's this middle-aged dude who's bald on top with long hair in the back and this scraggly long beard, but to each their own. It's definitely not beard goals. <laughs> And everyone keeps describing his eyes as being these deep wells. His eyes always look just glazed over like he's bored. No, yeah. The man has... I I, I definitely will, will buy that he is heavily drugged because he has no, like, facial... Like, his, his face never changes. Like, you yeah. know when he's talking about, like, the crazy shit that he's, like, mm -hmm. bringing up? Like, his eyes just look lifeless. Like, they look dead yeah dead eyes so let's get through his background very very quickly bhagwan rajneesh osho or he was also born chandra mohan jan not close to any of those he is the leader of the rajneesh movement dude has way too many names like just pick one stick with it when you, when you, when you do crime you gotta have aliases <laughs> he's born in 1931 in india when it was still ruled by the british which I forgot about that. Growing up, he kind of seemed like an asshole. I mean, even he as an adult, he kind of seemed like an asshole. Didn't like being told what to do, but he sure loved hearing himself talk. He was a lecturer at a university for a while and then went on to start giving three to, day, three to ten day meditation seminars. He started to become more of a sex guru, which that's about when his university job ended. Blah. <laughs> In a public meditation event in the early 1970s, oh, in early 1970, is when he introduced the world to dynamic meditation for the first time. 
So let's go over the stages to dynamic meditation. The first step is chaotic breathing, which is exactly how it sounds. Just have a panic attack. Step two is to explode, which is just throwing a tantrum, I think. Step three is whoo. You just jump around and yell whoo. <laughs> and step four is silence, which seems like a nap time. I, I don't get meditation and religion and all this shit. This is why we'll never be in a cult. Because we just don't. Like, all of this basically sounds like what my toddler does all day. We will never be in a cult because we don't like people. And for some <laughs> reason, cults involve lots of people. Soon after this is when the follower, followers started wearing orange outfits, complete with a beaded necklace with a locket featuring his picture. <laughs> I'm so conceited. And you can tell, well, that's like Jim Jones. He would sell pictures pictures of himself and you can tell where they are throughout the story because of the color of the outfits at first it's orange and then you start seeing like mixtures of yellow and by the time they're in the u.s it's red and then later goes to purple and pink and they were all over the color yeah it's weird he starts receiving more western visitors and goes by bhagwan shri rajneesh shri is basically our version of sir and then Bhagwan means blessed one. Not not at all conceited or yeah. full of themselves. By 1981, Rajneesh is hosting 30,000 visitors per year, mostly Europeans and Americans, which is very obvious from the videos they show. It's just a sea of white people. Oh, yeah. Even though they're in India. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a lot. I felt like most of the people there in Oregon were white. Yes. So he's like filling stadiums with people and his lectures start becoming more filled with ethnic or dirty jokes. I guess shock value, get more people in. I don't know. And it's by this point that Sheila becomes his secretary, which a secretary, you're basically in charge. You handle everything. And this is like the most basic I can be about his life thus far because there's so much more to cover her husband died before she became secretary right i don't know they're not straight with the timeline either way i am pretty sure I, that i'll she get him. i'll get to <laughs> okay. so sheila during this is like he spoke on spirituality capitalism and sexual sexuality he was so revolutionary how is he different from other cult leaders like it's not revolutionary no and like just some people are such prudes like <laughs> so shit isn't going well in india the government took away their tax exempt status and like backdated it so Ooh, back taxes yeah. that is not good they're denying visas for tourists wanting to come check out the place and they're running out of space for growth other re religious leaders hate this dude, and there was an assassination attempt on Rajneesh by a guy who thought Rajneesh was a CIA agent. It's very weird. So let's just move to the United States of America where you can have whatever religion you want. And she, Sheila is familiar with the U.S. She went here in, to call, uh, she went to college here in New Jersey, which is weird where she met her first husband, Mark, who had Jewish humor, according to her. Yeah, I was curious what Jewish what humor is. What does that mean? <laughs> Do you make a lot of, like, 
jokes about money? Is that what <laughs> she's like implying? Like, is she being he was racist? Larry David. Like, yeah. I like, don't know what it means. Mark died of Hodgkin's lymphoma after a 13-year battle. She would then marry a fellow fo- follower named John Shelfer, like six months after Mark died. It seems pretty quick. And on June 13th, 1981, John signed a purchase contract to buy the Oregon property for $5.75 million. 63,000 acres for $5.75 million. Sounds pretty good. Yeah, no bad, no bad. I don't have that kind of money, but you know. No. <laughs> so Rajneesh applied for a U.S. visa under the pretense he was coming for medical care for a prolapsed disc in his back. I don't like that word prolapse. I know. <laughs> I never think about like your back. No. No. I think, ugh. <laughs> ugh, ugh. They basically told everyone to sell whatever they own and get to the U.S., which is crazy because how many people already gave up their lives to move to India? Psych guys, we're going back. <laughs> now they get to move back to the U.S. So they get to Oregon and quickly establish the ranch as a city because it only takes 100 people, 150 people to vote to incorporate a town. So They've got the people. They think they don't have to worry about getting building permits and shit. So Rajneesh Param is established. The nickname for the town was Rancho Rajneesh. Which <laughs> I love. (laughs) I wish they would have called it that more often. And these people are acting like this has never been done before to build this city on love and everyone having fun, which Jonestown wasn't that long ago from this. And before Jim Jones got there, that's exactly what that place was. Yeah. Well, and also, like, you know, people are afraid of the cults because of Jim Jones. Like, not to mention, like, um, have you never met the Amish? Yeah. Cause... <laughs> like, they could get a whole fucking farm town built in, like, a day, built on love and a <laughs> desire to get shit done. Like, it's not that crazy. No. But everything is going great. Everyone's having fun, and they're getting shit done quickly, which, yeah. They look yeah, so happy. They're not really dealing with, dealing with building ex- inspectors, so, yeah, they're going to get stuff done quick. I wonder how many people got hurt. I mean, I feel like they were collecting people like pokemon and they were like you you're a doctor okay you're a lawyer um you're a construction worker oh you're a plumber okay great we need one of those electrician oh hey yeah come join us like i feel like they were like you know they knew what they needed and so they were like yes get you but there had to be uh, unqualified people oh for sure (laughs) without a doubt but, you know, it was like, if the... you were a nurse, then you were the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> I don't know. I think Rasputin did a pretty decent job. <laughs> but they have an airport, a pizza place, a shop that had a very limited range of color schemes. Only red. <laughs> and this huge worship hall that could hold 10,000 people. And a lot of these bu- buildings you can find pictures of online. Oh, yeah. It's sad seeing how, like, they just... Once they left, that stuff just fell apart. It's like looking at the... holding it together. <laughs> it's like looking at the old pictures and um, where uh, Chernobyl was and oh, the God. old Disneylands and... <laughs> like a ghost town. Yeah. Like looking at a ghost town. August 1981, Rajesh arrives rolling up at a Rolls Royce. He's a baller, let me tell you. Oh, my God. 
to welcome him, they put down grass all around his house <laughs> and bought fucking peacocks. Yeah, I loved that. Which are not native to the U.S. I am not going to pretend that I haven't considered buying peacocks for my suburban home. What? I, I just don't understand it. They're native to, like, India and I think some parts of Africa. Why the fuck are you going to bring peacocks here? If they had just stayed in their little city and kept to themselves, it might have worked out well for them. Or at least they might have lasted longer. Um, we mentioned Jonestown earlier. Weird fucking connection to that. So the congressman, Leo Ryan, who had gone there to investigate and the reason why they decided to kick off the mass murder. His, his daughter! His oldest daughter took her inheritance and moved to Rajneeshpuram. And she says this isn't a cult because obviously she's an expert. Because they're nothing they're nothing like Jonestown. Jim Jones didn't know anything about meditation because he was a Christian. And another one of his daughters became president of the board of the National Cult Awareness Network. Don't mention that, which I thought was really interesting. She, she felt that her dad would be proud of The dad's killed by a cult. The daughter joins a cult, and the other daughter joins it's, a cult awareness network. It's a very, very wide spectrum here. <laughs> I feel like dad issues may have played a part in yeah. both of their lives. But yeah, it's just bad timing that they decide to create this commune just three years after Jonestown. So when the land was originally bought, the local people were told that the land was going to be farmed, which that's totally fine. So they were really pissed when instead these people move in and start building a city for thousands of people. A Thousand Friends of Oregon enters the picture. They are a private nonprofit organization that advocates, advocates for land use planning that was incorporated in October of 1974. They file a petition to have the buildings in Rajneeshpuram torn down. So Sheila decides to basically take over the small town of Antelope by buying homes and businesses. And the people in this group just piss me off. I know you feel completely differently. They act like what they were doing was innocent and they had no choice because they couldn't build on their land anymore, but you know exactly what you were doing. Like you're purposely doing shit to piss off these towns people just because they didn't get their way with lying the first time. <sighs> I am not a fan of cults, and honestly, I'm not a fan of organized religion in general. Yeah. I feel that any religion is a cult, um, but... I'm not saying it was okay for them to threaten to kill Rajneesh and other people. That was not cool. I just, I feel like everything spiraled because they were so bigoted against this idea of these, like, sex-loving... Hippies, I mean, it was a different time, but it, 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 a it's a time, lot of old people. But at the same time, like, mind your own damn business. Like, it's not hurting you for this person to have sex with as many people as they want. Like, it's not your business. It doesn't matter. But it doesn't help that the cult gets upset with the townspeople and describes, decides to just photograph them, record them, shining lights into their house. Like, it's super weird, but at the same time, like... I feel like Both so sides many, are wrong. Yeah, so many people are like lying, and I mean they were right. They didn't do anything that was against the law. They bought properties that were. But for that sale. no, oh the homes, yeah. But I was like, no, the ranch, no, they did break the law. 
because it was for land use only. But I think that, like, I, I think that when it came down to it, they should have made the decision. Do you want them in your town, or do you want them to just build their own town that's kind of near you? And, like, but they why did they pick this you? place? Because it was a lot that's of That's not even land. authorized. <laughs> it was a lot of land. And I think that, like, none of this would have happened if they had just been like okay like they're gonna build if they their had area worked and they're with gonna, the town yeah if they, if they worked, didn't do that at all well they couldn't work with the town because the town again was like completely against the idea of them even and they didn't care about like buildings being built there they just cared i felt like they did i felt like if it had even just been like a white leader they would have been upset no i think that it i when you see what happened in the end like the the outcome in the end like it did not matter that it was buildings because they still allowed that it was just the fact that they didn't agree with their ways so in april 1982 antelope held a vote to disincorporate itself to prevent it from being taken over um fortunately by this point too many rajneeshis had already moved into the town and they were able to vote it down it was like, what was it, like 50-something to like 40-something? Yeah. The next year, shit really goes down. In June of 1983, a Rajneeshi-owned hotel in Portland called Hotel Rajneesh was they bombed. They were really creative with the name. Yeah. Was bombed, and they learned pretty quickly who the dude was. Stephen Pastor was a Los Angeles man who had converted to Islam and was suspected of two other bombings at other religious places. Like, I think one of them was, like, Hindu. So not one of the townspeople who are trying to kick them out of Antelope. So their response to this makes no fucking sense. They get guns. Yeah. They already had some guns, but no, they get like, very militant. I, I feel like, okay, so the bomb definitely did set them off, but they were already talking about how the townspeople were, like, riding around with, like, their guns and, like, you know, on the edge of, like, the land and stuff, like, shooting off into the sky. So I feel like they already felt like they were threatened, and then the bomb just heightened that feeling of being threatened, and so then they went overboard and were like, we're going to get some AK-47. <laughs> yeah, like, they go militant. And they do, but I feel like the town kind of started the whole gun reaction. Yeah, but at one point they have more guns than all the police in the state of Oregon. That's a little excessive. That's according to the one guy in the town. Again, I don't know. They keep I showing tables buy, with guns all over. I don't buy a lot of what any of these people say because they're all liars. The townspeople and the cult. cult like, yeah. Everyone's a fucking liar. So I, I don't understand it. They're all about promoting peace and love and togetherness. So you start doing military training. Their simple is literally a peace dove. It is. But... Like she said, when you come for us, we're not going to turn the other cheek. We're gonna come She's back psychotic, you. though. I don't want to quote her. She is psychotic. <laughs> She's definitely not in the right here. No one is. So they take over the city council of Antelope and rename the town Rajneesh. <laughs> Again. Which is so clever. They are super creative. This is like a child naming their own town. And then they rename all the roads, which seems like a pain in the ass. <laughs> I mean, they've got the money, and they've got the people to do the, the construction. Like, it's nothing for them. So there's no need for a police force because they start up the 
Peace Force. I loved it, and which I love their the uniform. Which is the same fucking thing, since they still have high-powered weapons. I love them. Like, how are you a Peace Force? I think that their uniforms were super awesome, okay? Oh, I loved it. The, like, pinkish-red color. Oh, man. I think that our police should definitely wear those uniforms. And again... This is such a tiny, tiny town, and yet they have cars and guns stationed at all the roads in the town. Why? Because they feel threatened. It's not fucking Red Dawn. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no one is invading other than you guys. Okay, but can we talk about that one guy who was holding a sign that said, Better dead than red, instead of better dead than red? It was the 80s. No, they even a bunch of dumb, bigoted people. They even arrested one guy who was picketing and charged him with menacing, even though they're literally patrolling the town with guns in their hands at all times. What you expect the normal police to do, not this tiny town. Sheila goes on a media spree, and the followers are like, she's so strong. She's being a fucking cunt. Like, she is purposely antagonizing people. Like, they're trying to interview her, asking stuff about it, and she just has to just I like how much like she swears so frequently and it's like kind of refreshing because you don't really see like they have to keep like censoring her on like all these chalk shows that she's going on and stuff they're like oh you got that's your one you got one through like the rest. like they're asking her like actual questions and she has to just go off and start cussing and she they're like we're trying to them. have civilized conversations she wants to fight them but the townspeople do as well like they all are just so but she's not hell-bent. talking to the townspeople. She is on, like, national television. Yeah. I. They were so ready to fight. It was just... Like, if you want more people into your group, like... But at the same time, like, they're buying up all these properties in their town, like, that, since they couldn't build their own town, you know, they're buying up all these places in Antelope and, like, renaming it. Like, they could have bought out all of those people... Yeah, that's what I don't understand. And just take it over and had it themselves. Be like, I'll give you, like, a million dollars for your little ranch. Like, you can go retire in some nicer place that has more than 40 fucking people. Yeah. she. So she's purposely antagonizing people. But it's fine because they're selling more books internationally. Because how else could Rajneesh afford his 20 Rolls Royces? He gets more later. This is just what he currently has. They have communes all over the world, so I don't understand why they're so hell-bent on having this one in Oregon. It is weird when you see how many prayer centers, I think they call them. I don't know. They're dropping flags everywhere, yeah. and I'm like, like this shit is all fucking over. huge. So like, why are you taking all this time? Just, <laughs> It's insane. I don't think that he's ever dealt with being told no, and I... As much as people want to say it was all her, like, the guy wasn't innocent. He may not have been, like, the front person on the line doing it, but, like, she's clearly doing someone's bidding, and it's gotta be his. It certainly can't be because of the money they're making here, right? Because they made it very clear they don't care about capitalism, which that's the thing I don't understand about religion. Why do you need merch of your leader? I don't understand that. So overall, Guy is friends with Dave Fraunmeyer, who is the Attorney General for the state of Oregon. I don't remember his name. Overall's Guy found some incriminating evidence at the dump from the cult. He was digging in their trash. Who instead of shredding documents, they just threw them away. 
It literally, yeah, it was like, please shred after meeting. Yeah. Love. It's literally like minutes from their meetings and included stuff about how they were going through people's mail to make sure nothing bad got out. Like, it's crazy. So, Dave files a lawsuit claiming separation of church and state. Is it a government entity or is it a government entity being controlled by religion? Which, looking at you, Texas. I think the biggest issue was having pictures of the leader, the religious leader, in the school classrooms. Yeah. I just That's a big one. <laughs> you can't have a public school... And then have a religious leader picture. No. It just, I mean. Like, who thought that wouldn't be an issue? I don't understand that. Yeah, I mean. I just, I'm so torn on this. Because I, I hate cults. I don't like religion being, like, a sway in anything. Like, I am so against all of that. But at the same time, like, I'm very much the whole, like free will and you should be free to make whatever choices you want and these people were clearly happy with their you know cult uh, being a big part of like their education and their you know government or whatever like they wanted it that way apparently and how many tough people's kids were actually going to this public school because it doesn't matter you can't have it in the public school building like just... buy a building start a private school school because it was just the cult members but it was run out of the town's school which is public school uh, but they took over the town that's how it works that's how it works and then they i think it was rid of all of this if they just bit the bullet and let them build their own i think it was a lawyer who was like claiming that no one in utah ran out the mormons but bitch the mormons had constantly moved from state to state because they were ran out like, they were in Missouri and Illinois and I think Ohio. Like, this was the last place they went to. <laughs> they were run out of places. Yeah, but and they even are then, free to be super Mormon. Even then, it wasn't a picnic because the government took all their assets and harassed them until they ended polygamy. Like, it wasn't great for them either. Like, they end it? Uh, they officially. Just, they, yeah. They just kind of ended <laughs> officially it? Officially, they ended it. Wink, yeah. wink. Yeah. But I was like, don't compare yourself to something you know nothing about. Like, I know very little, but I know at least this much about the Mormons. I mean, honestly, the Rajneeshis and, like, the Mormons and the Christians, all in the same hand for me. Like... But then it doesn't help that their mayor's threatening to start a civil war. Like, chill out, bro. <laughs> it doesn't look good. I mean, it doesn't help that there are 40 townspeople are making comments about how they would love to it's not even 40 Sheila. at this point because like half of them moved Sold took out. money and yeah. yeah and that she was even talking like they were happy to take a buyout to leave it's just like when some place comes in and they want to like pave over your house to build a road and you're yeah, just they like, didn't want to yeah, stay in this okay. town and deal with them so yeah i'll take the money and leave exactly like she said a lot of these people were like old retirees and they were happy to take the money because it was more than they probably would have gotten if they had just waited around to sell it nobody wanted to fucking live there so it's 1984 and now their new plan is the share a home program where they bus in countless homeless people to give them a place to live 
Sounds absolutely fantastic, right? (laughs) They're solving a huge problem we have in this country. They're getting free medical care. They're learning new job trades. It's amazing. They're absolutely great people who care about helping others. Yeah, I mean, that was... Just kidding. Super cool. I even texted you because I was like, what the fuck at the end of this? Because... It was amazing. I was like, that is so cool. They are taking all of these homeless people in. They are taking care of them. They are, like, giving them a home. Oh, my God. Did they just say that they put drugs in their beer? Yes. (laughs) Yes. They bust all these people in because they need people to register to vote so Sheila can sway the county elections. There's two open seats on the county commission, and they just happen to have two people that can fill those seats. They just need the votes for them. She went on this huge rant about how nobody cares for these people, and we're the only ones who do, and then she has her own fucking agenda. Like, you're not any better. She did bring him in for that reason, to vote, and, you know, she, you know, she had, she had a motive. She did but what are you going to do with all these people after the election's over? That's kind of, I mean, I think that if it had gone her way, like, the idea was that they had more members, and, like... What cult doesn't want more members? Like, fuck, even Christianity, they're like, we want more people on yeah. our side. Like, any person is going to want more followers. The Catholics don't want to get rid of pedophiles, because then that's just numbers. Exactly. And so I, I feel like they would have kept them, and just, and it seemed at the end that they did. Like, a lot of those former street people, as they yes. were tagged. Yes, oh my god. Or, like, everyone kept calling them street people, and I'm just like, they're not living on the streets now. Like, they have a home. They calling them street, but there was something else they kept calling them, and I was like, oh my god, guys, come on. It was very bigoted. Yes. Again, the whole town. It's like when you hear somebody say bigoted. hooker, and it's like, oh, whoa, what? <laughs> yeah. It's not a, they're not a hooker. So, they're a sex professional. Let's just slip some Haldol into these people's beers to keep them calm and in line. Okay, but I, so I didn't understand because they didn't really elaborate on this. They So basically one of them, like one of the guys had just kind of gone a little bit nuts and, you know, was... Attacked Sheila. Yeah, They injected Sheila. something. They injected him. And then just left him on a park bench somewhere. Which was fucking wild, just like that part. I was like, this man has gone crazy, attacked someone, you put him to sleep, and then just left him on a park bench in the yes. city. And then they decided to drug, drug all, all of, of them. their beer. But And then it shows, like, videos of them, like, drinking and eating and, like, partying and stuff. Like, they were having, like, a little disco and, like, having fun. But, like, what happened then? Did, like, everyone just pass out randomly? Did oh, they it's... dump all of them on park No, benches? it's just to kind of keep them more malleable, I guess. See, they didn't... They just said something about, like, sedating them. Yeah. They decided to sedate all of the homeless people. Yeah. And I'm just like, whoa! This is like, the one good thing... What if not everyone drank the beer? Or, this like, is the one good thing about times. the cult, though, is you're allowed two beers a day. You are allowed to. Do That's something. very progressive. That guy was like, no drugs. What about drinking? Can we drink? <laughs> she was like, two beers a day. And he was like, I'm in. That's very progressive for a cult. It is. I was shocked. So two visiting... Free sex too. <laughs> two visiting Wasco County commissioners 
are infected via glasses of water containing salmonella bacteria doing, during a visit to Rajneeshpuram on August 29, 1984. Both men fell ill. One of them was hospitalized. So the county rejects any new voters due to fraud because, yeah, you can't bus in a ton of people, say they're going to live there for 20 days and vote. I mean, to be fair, they set themselves up for that by allowing it to be that you only had to live there for 20 days and then you could vote. And they followed the rules. Yeah, but they clearly were not going to keep these people there. They did, though. No, they didn't. There were not that many that ended up staying. Well, they seem to have quite a few homeless people to be interviewed (laughs) towards the end. So Sheila is pissed. Well, it's right about this time that hundreds of people in Wasco County are reporting odd food poisoning. 751 people reported symptoms. That's reported, so who knows? I mean, I looked at that salad bar, okay? And I got food poisoning just amazing. <laughs> it's insane. There's so much diarrhea just bursting out of people at one time. The poor waste management plant for this county. Like, I can't imagine. And of course, health officials blame the food handlers. I mean, there's a- the 80s. They were all on drugs. <laughs> There's at least 10 different restaurants affected by this, but obviously it's the food handlers that caused it. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I mean, technically very. And Jim Weaver agrees. He was a Oregon congressman that gave a speech to the U.S. House of Representatives saying, I don't have concrete proof, but it happened in this county that the Rajishis are living in, and they're already super pissed at the government. Maybe check them out. Because, duh, it's the largest outbreak in history, and it occurred at 10 different restaurants. Not franchises, restaurants. That's insane. That's a lot of people eating out, too. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, but also, like, did they get definitive proof that it came? Like, did they find the cultures, like, in the restaurants? Okay, because I'm thinking, like... Well, you don't even have to get in the restaurants. You can get in a fecal samples right but i'm saying like could something have contaminated the water i like that story but we'll get into that <laughs> on the next we'll get into that on the next you episode saying, could it like you know could it have not been poisoning no it was poisoning because they found cultures in their medical lab that matched and there's people in the cult who say yes we did <laughs> But this is where we will end this episode. I really want to find more actual documentary films because I hate doing the two-parters. It's nice to like have that backup in case something happens, like family emergency, but I hate doing it. Also, this one was six hours plus of yes. like, watching. But there's not that many films. It's all these little series. Yeah. definitely send us some recommendations yes please all our contact info is in the show notes but we will be back next week to finish this nightmare of a town story I mean I personally love it it's the only only cult that I would consider joining so alright see you next week Bye. bye
Thank you for listening to Doctomy. The opening music is by Twisterium. For comments or suggestions, we can be reached by email at doctomypod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at doctomypod and find our Facebook group, Doctomy Podcast. Thank you.